0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Fire up a phoenix. Where's a in the cycle of Alpha and Omega? If a signal, that is prophesying a million.
0: Christoph Bathory recently became an ambassador with the Greater Church of Lucifer, so it would be easy to cast the music he creates as an evangelistic evil. Indeed, not long ago, Bathory said his band, Dawn of Ashes, has, quote, no source of positivity or kindness. But if you talk with Christoph now, he says he's a changed person and a changed artist, that his life and music are now dedicated to helping others find self-empowerment. And he says you can hear that change all over Dawn of Ashes new album Theophany.
2: Part of admitting to my flaws is admitting to my flaws from back in the day and I definitely followed a very juvenile path back then and I feel like I've matured as an individual and throughout into the music as well and I feel like you can actually hear it in the music there's a lot of maturity and I understand that what I was talking about in the past is different than what I'm talking about now but people change and Music progresses, the message progresses, and I feel like that's what true bands do.
0: I'm Matt Pykin, and today on Metal Brainiac, Christoph Bathory paints a picture of contemporary death metal that breaks the stereotypes of what people might associate with a follower of Lucifer. It's a fascinating conversation, and I hope you join the conversation on our Facebook page to talk about this episode. Stay with us. Before we get to our interview, I want to ask you, the listener, how would you like to have a nationally touring metal vocalist record your outgoing voicemail greeting? Or how about joining me in an interview with a major metal artist for an upcoming episode of Metal Brainiac? These can be yours by becoming a Brainiac Booster. You, the listener, will always get to hear the show for free. But for as little as $1 every month, you can support the work I do and keep it coming to you every week. So please, can you spare a dollar? All the details are on our website, metalbrainiac.com. And thank you so much for your support. Let's step into my conversation with Christoph Bathory of Dawn of Ashes. You announced your band's breakup about two and a half years ago, and I'm wondering what happened to compel you to first to announce the end of the band at that time, and what happened between then and now to bring you back?
2: So basically, we were approached by a record label who were interested in initially signing Dawn of Ashes. Throughout the years, they manipulated me, and one of the things that they wanted me to do was change the name. So basically... Two years went by of constant meetings and basically them consistently manipulating me and not fulfilling their promises. You know, I never actually wanted to change the name in the first place. I was basically power controlled by this label. Once I had it with this label, I was, what did I really want to do? Did I really want to stick with Eurelia or did I want to do the band that I've been doing since 2001? Right. So the idea to resurrect of is back, all of the basic principles that Eurelia offered with my whole left hand path knowledge. So basically it's a whole new beast. It's a whole new meaning. I mean it's not even the same ban. It is the same band, but it's not. Uh it's more of a stronger entity now.
0: So let me ask you, when you when this happened, And the fallout with the record label, which on the surface of it seems ludicrous because you'd already established a a reputation under that name. It was your identity. I'm curious... I mean, maybe you can't speak to what their motives were at all, but that just seems absurd on the face of it. But then it sounds like you also had a different mindset about what you wanted from your music, that this in some weird way, maybe I won't call it a blessing, but you said it's a different band now. It's a different beast, as you called it. What inspired you to disrupt the band that you had and that you developed a fan base around and give yourself a rebirth?
2: it was a great name. It had a great meaning. You know, the philosophy behind what I was discussing was very important to me, and it was important to me to pass down that knowledge to my viewers. But at the same time, I just wasn't comfortable with letting go of something that I worked so hard on. And, you know, what I've told people recently is when I first started Dawn of Ashes, and I'm talking about the first idea of it was to make an industrial black metal group.
0: Right. Right.
2: And then I just kind of couldn't find people who clicked and, you know, had the same mentality as me as far as, you know, wanting to take this music project to the top. So I decided to kind of just do it all on my own and just make it purely an industrial group. But, you know, throughout the years, I was like, this is not exactly what I want to be doing. I've always been a metal guy, an extreme metal guy. And Donna Vashers was always meant to be, you know, a metal band. And now it just got to the point where it's like, I want to go full force with the metal, but I understand that, you know, the industrial still needs to be there.
0: What's interesting to me is that, I mean, you were in LA, right? I mean, you're in, at least at one point, LA was the metal capital of the world and you wanted to have this hybrid band. I'm really surprised you weren't able to find compatible musicians with your vision. It's hard, especially in Los Angeles. You know,
2: everybody likes the idea of being in a band, but the music industry is tough. There's a lot of, hard work you got to put into it and it's it's a job and once you kind of present that to people it pushes them away. I mean, I can admit I'm a very hard guy to deal with because, you know, I know exactly what I want and this is my my blood and sweat that I put into this group. It's everything to me. So, that becomes a bit intimidating to others.
0: And collaboration is really difficult, you know, when artists have really clear visions of what they want to do. It's really hard to find collaborators who Both support your vision, but also complement your vision and can add something to it. That's really difficult to find collaborators. Being in a
2: band is like being in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. if the relationship, the personalities don't join together, then they just clash and it just doesn't work out. My whole idea of Donna Bash just doesn't click with a lot of people. Which right. is fine, so it's just kind of, you know, I've dealt with a lot of people being in this group.
0: Yeah, there have been yeah. a lot of people who passed through this band. Yeah, and you know, and at the end of the day, it's my group. You said early on you had the initial concept to be this industrial and black metal hybrid, and I would argue you've certainly achieved that with Theophany, your new record, and your previous record, Anathema, did you feel that you'd lost your way and lost your vision after the early years, after your initial concept? You said you had trouble finding collaborators, but did you actually yourself lose a little bit of your vision and get a little muddled in what you wanted to achieve? Not
2: exactly. I mean, initially, like I said, I was very inspired by this group called The the Covenant from Norway. They were, you know, a hybrid of industrial and black metal. But then, you know, I started getting into like, I wouldn't say getting into, but I was really inspired by like Skinny Puppy and Ministry and some of those classic industrial groups. I was just like, you know, I wanted to make a more aggressive version of those groups, like, you know, have the musical style, but have the energy and aggression of metal. Right. But, you know, throughout the years, I'm just like, it's just not enough. I was not satisfied. On stage, it, it didn't feel right. I was like, it needs guitars. It needs acoustic drums. I need the, the full fucking energy on stage. I have a background from growing up in the hardcore scene. Like, you know, I sing bands like Hatebreed and stuff like that and just watching the aggression on stage. I'm like, that's what needs to be going on on stage.
0: Did you feel that you knew what you wanted in your mind's eye. You had a vision behind it and you heard a sound in your head, but was it hard to actually materialize this sound? Was it hard to make it tangible? 50-50.
2: At certain points I knew what I wanted and then once the album came out, I was like, man, I could have done this and that and this and that. But I feel like that, you know, I had time to work on myself. I had time to... Develop a new meaning of myself, a new meaning with my career. Once I finally resurrected DOA and had the time to put some energy into something else, I finally figured out, you know, exactly what I wanted. So I feel like this album's like pretty much there. The so sound is kind of what I've always been visioning.
0: What happened to steer you back? Was it just? It sounds like from what you're telling me. It was just a matter of you know experimentation. I mean, you're making records and then you're touring and it sounds like you had a series of aha moments in a way. Like, oh, this isn't what I want or this is more what I want and simply paring away over time the things that didn't contribute to what you wanted to hear and emphasizing the things you did want to hear. Is that kind of what happened? It just took years to really realize what you fully wanted?
2: Well, yeah, and then... The issue when we got signed to Metal Blade and we released Genocide chapters, I mean, that album was, you know, the first attempt to do the crossover to metal, but I didn't actually have full control over that album.
0: In what way? What happened?
2: Uh, I was just me and another writer. And, you know, like we were just talking about relationship wise personalities, we just didn't see eye to eye. And, you know, that album wasn't exactly what I visioned.
0: I know you compose all the music and I hear just as many nods to horror cinema and genre fiction as I do with any particular musical influences. And I was wondering, can you tell me the roles that cinema and literature play both in your concept for the music and the actual lyrical themes you address?
2: Well, I mean, it's a little bit different now because... Back in the day, it was very much horror themed. And like I said, once I stopped DOA and started Eurelia, you know, I've been a student and became a mentor of the left hand path. So, can
0: you explain yeah. the left hand path for people who don't know what that is?
2: Sure. So, basically, left hand path. The most stereotypical and the most well-known organization of the left-hand path is LeVay Satanism. But, I mean, there's definitely different organizations. There's definitely different forms of spirituality in the left-hand path. And basically what it means is you dig within yourself. You don't seek guidance outside of yourself. It's a lot of discipline.
0: Is it a form of atheism? No.
2: I mean, there is a form of atheism. There's a... There's theistic forms. There's so many different forms within the left-hand path. The left-hand path is generalized as in you do not seek guidance outside of yourself. As in the right-hand path, you worship and you seek guidance outside of yourself. So you seek some sort of entity outside of yourself. This is digging everything within and being responsible for your actions. You utilize black magic which again, a lot of people get very confused about they think that has to do with some sort of evil magic or something we do not believe in good or evil so the term black magic actually means wisdom magic which Mm. basically you utilize magical tasks to strengthen yourself in order to transform yourself into a form of self deification
0: self deification that's interesting so looking at yourself as godlike yes Before we get to the second half of our conversation with Kristoff, let's hear a song from Theophany. This is Equilibrium on Metal Brainiac. Hey Brainiacs, I already told you about how you can become a Brainiac Booster for all sorts of cool rewards, but here's another great way you can support the show without spending an extra penny. If you shop on Amazon for anything, a portion of your purchase price can go directly to this show. Just use the link on our homepage and bookmark it. Use it every time you shop Amazon, simple as that. Now let's get back to my conversation with Christoph Bathory of Dawn of Ashes. I guess one of the things that would confuse people is the association with black magic. I suppose the adjective of black connected to magic communicates a certain idiom for people. And so I imagine you have to overcome that with some people who don't know necessarily what you're talking about. How has The Left Hand Path played a role in the concept and foundation of the band and your lyrics?
2: I'm now a mentor of The Left Hand Path. The meaning behind Dawn of Ashes and everything that it represents now is for me to educate my audience and people who don't exactly understand this form of spirituality or the philosophy.
0: How does Theophany achieve that for you? Tell me about where you're going with this record. Theophany, the way I looked it up, it's a visible manifestation to humankind of God or a God. Exactly. You've approached the concept of God in your music before, but is there a theme here that you hadn't addressed before or to this depth?
2: Like I said, I mean, with the previous Dawn of Ashes albums, they're very much horror themed. Nathamo was a little different because there's a lot of personal issues that were being talked about. It definitely expressed some real life situations in that album. But this album is more educating those who struggle in our society, who are very lost. They don't know who they are. You know, they, they thrive on fear. They thrive on insecurities. And my job is to kind of change the thinking process and then utilizing tools in order to develop themselves into, you know, self-deification in order for them to break the formulas of fear and to, you know, have confidence and strength instead of seeking attention and, and seeking insecurities, you know, going on Facebook and utilizing that as a journal and trying to get people to, to give their opinions about, you know, what's going on in their lives instead of them you know, they should be seeking guidance from within instead of from all these outside sources. So that's my job now within this band. It's the the most important meaning now.
0: Would it be too far to say that you see your role as evangelistic then?
2: Yeah. Like I said, it's I have a new purpose and a new meaning being in this band. And I'm a completely opposite person than I was even during the anathema days and prior to that.
0: Can you describe this evolution uh, to whatever degree you want to, to, from where you were before to what you are now? What inspired that?
2: I was educating myself on the left-hand path for quite some time. But, you know, I, I've had a lot of personal things go on in my life. I had to make a lot of self-sacrifices. You can have a book, you know, a philosophy book, a magic book, anything. You can read it, you can put it on your bookshelf. But unless you actually practiced principles in the actual book, it means nothing. So I actually, you know, throughout the years, I, you know, I realized all the things that are wrong with me, all the flaws I have, and I put them to the challenge and I started utilizing these tools that I've been learning. Basically, I had a point in my life where in a metaphor, I died. Now I was reborn into this new being, a stronger being.
0: What's interesting to me is that throughout this transformation that you held onto music, as your vehicle for expression, and now for purpose. You know, that never wavered for you.
2: Music is the best form of magic, and I feel like people don't understand that. It's very powerful, especially when you have a message to give to the world. But you also touch people's vibrations with music, and you can actually date that back to, you know, the Egyptian era. That's what they would utilize music, is to heal people through vibrations now this is a a tool for me. Before it was strictly, it just was music. Now it's it's an actual educational tool and it's hopefully a tool to help others with self-empowerment.
0: Can you talk about that a little more about using vibrations? I would think that that would be fairly elusive and difficult to achieve a certain end when you're looking at not just composition of notes and looking at melody and and chord changes, but you're looking for specific vibrations in your music. Talk about your research there and how you go about achieving that in a tangible sense on achieving certain vibration levels within your music.
2: It depends. I mean, the shamans did it with their drum beats. The drum beats would, would tap into these certain vibrations in the body And I don't think people really get that, you know, you hear a really fucking amazing song and it gives you this, this feeling inside. And that feeling is touching these emotions, these vibrations and, and they're healing. When we now perform on stage, I understand that it's all, it's ritualistic. And the music that I'm giving out is touching people's vibrations, and it's powerful.
0: Is it hard for you to reconcile, or is there any conflict between the entertainment of music? And certainly people, I imagine you have a lot of fans who sink into certain surface level meanings and what the sound of the music is or what the sound of your voice is, rather than really digging into the lyrics itself. And does that bother you, that... Now, more than ever, I guess, given your transformation, that what you're intending for your music, that people might be taking it at a certain entertainment level, but never sink into the deeper meaning of it.
2: Well, that's what I'm hoping will change within this new era. I think I've made it perfectly clear that there's a lot more philosophy behind DOA, and hopefully people will buy the actual album and actually read the lyrics, because, you know, the lyrics are the most powerful part in my opinion about the music
0: when you started writing this record or even when you were in the midst of it did one song lead to the next were you starting to open up ideas that you sort of then followed a path breadcrumb after breadcrumb or did you already have a very firm concept for what you wanted to achieve with this record in terms of the songs themselves what you wanted to say
2: I mean, I guess it depends because a lot of these songs were actually already written way before the even idea of this album. And I had, you know, lyrics I already wrote based on stuff that I was practicing.
0: So it sounds like some of what you're talking about in terms of your purpose, your job within this band now, sounds like some of this realization came together after you've already composed and recorded Theophany.
2: No, it came way before that. I just feel like it... It was a new meaning in DOA.
0: I see. It, you talk about a new meaning in DOA, and I think it's interesting. I saw you once described in an interview not that long ago, a few years ago, that you said Dawn of Ashes is, quote, inspired by horror, heathenism, and all of my dark feelings and hatred. And also that, quote, everything that DOA portrays has no source of positivity or kindness and yet, I hear a lot of positive elements in what you're talking about. DOA stands for now. Exactly,
2: and that, that's correct. That's absolutely correct. I, that's who I was then, and this is who I am now. And and I'll admit, part of admitting to my flaws is admitting to my flaws from back in the day. And I definitely followed a very juvenile path back then. And I feel like I've matured as an individual and throughout into the music as well. And I feel like you can actually hear it in the music. There's a lot of maturity. So my
0: meaning back then is definitely bipolar from what it is now. Do you worry at all that your fans, or at least the fans you've developed up to this point, will be thrown off or that they're going to be put off by this change that you've enacted? No, you know, some
2: will, some won't. Honestly, I have a lot of respect for my fans. But I definitely wrote this album for me, especially after dealing with a label that made me a puppet. I I wrote what I wanted to write. And I understand that what I was talking about in the past is different than what I'm talking about now. But people change and music progresses. The message progresses. And I feel like that's what true bands do. Could have just called quits and that was it. But, you know, I kept the band alive.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like Anathema and Theophany both are very personal records, but for very different reasons. It sounds like, to me, Anathema, you were sort of purging some personal demons, whereas with Theophany, you're kind of going into this new light that you've discovered, and you want to bring other people there.
2: Yeah, how I explain it, it's like, the era of Anathema, my demons were out of control. This album, my demons are on a tight leash, and I have complete control of them.
0: That's quite a transformation. What happens now with DOA in terms of touring this record, promoting it? I know video has played a big role in your creative process before. What are you going to do in terms of that element to support this record?
2: Music videos has been a big part in the theatrics and the image and everything, and that that's not going away. I mean, it's just there's going to be more meaning behind it. There's going to be a lot more symbolism behind everything that we actually portray. You know, we're not just going to create some some horror video just for the purpose of it being a horror video. There's actually going to be deep meaning behind all of it.
0: Do you see your relationship with fans evolving as well to where your music is more a conduit to deeper discussions you would have with them or that you would lead them to other resources, you know, in voice conversations or through writings, anything else that you want to produce that's beyond the music? Or what do you see as how this change in you will affect your relationship you want to have with fans?
2: That's my biggest purpose now is to educate my fans and others on this misunderstood path. Recently, I became an ambassador at the Greater Church of Lucifer to become a mentor to the youth and, you know, people who are struggling. So, you know, any sort of outlet I can to help these kids out will definitely be useful.
0: When you say you're a mentor or leader in the Greater Church of Lucifer, I imagine a lot of people would hear that and say, wow, that's just the devil, Satan? Where's the positivity in that? I would imagine that would be a question a lot of parents would have at the very least. How do you frame that in a positive sense?
2: This is definitely a question that I only can answer in a simple manner because there's a lot to discuss.
0: What I can say is that the
2: whole misunderstanding with, let's say, the mythology behind Lucifer is Lucifer was the light bringer and the whole... Ideology behind the greater church of Lucifer is to break people away from uh, any form of slavery. And a lot of monotheistic religions control people through spiritual slavery. And they don't get to, you know, they're constantly living in fear, not enjoying their time on this planet. In
0: fear of what?
2: Fear of anything, but I mean, when it comes to Christianity, it's the fear of death, the constant fear that you're going to go to hell, the constant fear of of sinning, and they like to put you on these shackles. And you know, we're we're here to teach those that instead of worshiping a god, you can become that god.
0: That's an interesting way of framing it. I'm wondering if the artists and bands that you've toured with in the past, if you if you think you're going to have a difficult time you know, being paired with them only for your own sense of self. You've come to such an evolution in, in how you see your relationship with occultism and black magic. And I'm wondering if you're feeling less and less kinship with other bands that are supposedly your colleagues in this realm. Are Are you seeing that you're going to have to go out more on a head, uh, solo headlining tour or just, you know, be an entity unto yourself and not really worry about other bands to play with? I can think of one band that we would never tour with and,
2: not going to mention names, but
0: you mean a band that you have toured with before?
2: Yeah, and oh. there, it's definitely I don't have respect for them, and that's just a whole new issue. But you know, a band <laughs> like like moon Burger, of course we tour with them because they're they're another band that is on point with the meaning behind them, and you know they kind of discuss the same sort of principles that we discuss.
0: You've already had a reawakening with with Dawn of Ashes and also your own sense of purpose for what music is. Do you see Dawn of Ashes as being the vehicle for you going forward for years to come? Or do you see other outlets, other avenues that you want to express yourself and fulfill this role that you see for yourself? When I made the name Dawn of Ashes as beginning at the
2: end, it represents the phoenix. The phoenix dies, resurrects, and becomes reborn. We've already died at one point. I resurrected it, and now it's reborn as a new entity. Now it's only moving forward. You know, it's like I, I had the awakening that this is my blood, sweat, and tears. There's no reason for me to stop it. You know, there's no reason for me to, to go start something else because someone tells me that's what I should do or, you know, someone doesn't understand what we're doing. It's not about them in the end. It, this, is, this is my group. It's who I am, and
0: it won't die. My thanks to Christoph Bathory for today's great conversation. And please stop by the Metal Brainiac Facebook page to give me your thoughts on Christoph's artistic evolution and the purpose behind his music. Metal Brainiac is a member of Jabberjaw Media, a network of independent podcasts about music and culture. If you like today's episode, you'll love all the others we've done since we launched in May of 2015. All our episodes are at metalbrainiac.com. You can also subscribe for free through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Matt Paikin, wishing you a metallic week.
2: You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.